Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Breaking Chain's new show, History Talk, with Dr. LaVert Kemp. So turn the broadcast up and let's break chains in our history.
God bless you and good evening and welcome. Welcome to the show. How's everyone doing? Uh, we're standing by waiting on our guest, uh, Dr. Levert Kim, to call in. Uh, he, he's on his way in, so everybody just stand by there. Uh, welcome to Breaking Chains History Talk with Dr. Levert Kim. He's going to get into history talk tonight, so we, we're definitely waiting on him to call us in now. Uh, maybe having some technical difficulties, but he will definitely be calling in. Tonight, we're going to get into uh, history, talk with him, and uh, he's going to give you some serious knowledge on everything that's going to be going on. So hang on. We'll be getting ready to talk to you. Be giving us some questions and answers at the end of the show at 858-357-9137. Pick up the phone and give us a call. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. The show will start here briefly. Hang on. It's Breaking Chains History Talk. With Dr. Levert Kemp on the way. Hey, 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 what's up now? Oh, Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. War is not the end. For only love can conquer You know we've got to find a way To bring some love and kiss here today Pick it light and pick it fast Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Right on. Right on. 
You're listening to History Talk on Breaking Chains on YAT Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Dr. LaVert Kemp. It's always a pleasure to come before you, and especially when we're in self-quarantine, and we have ample time to study the Word of God. And just to study, I'm would like to tell you that it's time that we start studying about ourselves, about black history, and those who are not African-Americans or African descent or Caucasian, it's time, too, that you study something other than uh, what you've been used to hearing. Uh, Some of the things that have been taught in the past have not been truthful. Uh, They are not really taught in depth in school. While we're having this time of this pandemic, COVID-19, it's my heartfelt understanding that God is not satisfied with the world globally and that we're going through this epidemic, this plague, because God is not satisfied with the way we're doing things on this earth and that sometimes God allows us to go through something. But it's it's incumbent upon us, each and every one of us, to uh, do what's been told us to do our social distancing and also self-quarantining. But we have so much that we could do other than to argue about uh, we're not able to get out and go to the beach and other places. We can take this time to get to know God and get to know more about ourselves because most African Americans think that we only started about 400 years ago in America, but we came from a long line of great people. And then when you find out all of it, you're going to find out maybe you're the chosen people. There's so much history that the notes and things that have been hidden that does say that you are Hebrew Israelites. Amen. So we're going to start off today. I often give just a rewind of uh, go back to my first uh, night teaching in the origin of man because it's very important to understand where did human uh, uh, anthropology, uh, where did man start from? And man started on the continent of Africa. There's different types teachings that they have, they have Australopithecus and this uh, Zenzanthropus. And when you're dealing with Zenzanthropy, uh, you're talking about Northeast Africa. That's where the oldest fossils and remains of anthros or humans came from. Every human being came from Africa. 
and and this is something that I would like for you to to pay close attention to. Like in 1974, a fossil skeleton found in Ethiopia in 74 simply became uh, the name of Lucy, and it came because of the Beatles at that time had uh, a song out about Lucy. And, and Dr. Uh, Donna Johansson and Tom Gray was digging for rocks, and they found the skeletal remain of Lucy. And they dated it back to about 3.18 million years. They didn't quite know, couldn't find out her age, but at that time they know that the skeletal remains was about 3.18 million years old. And this go way back. This even would go back before Darwin's theory of evolution. And also, so when he found these fossils, but it didn't stop there. They couldn't get enough DNA uh, off of it. So later on, and still in that same area, just a little bit southwest of there, was Professor uh, Louis Leakey and his wife, Mary Douglas Leakey. Uh, they were British paleontologists, and they discovered the first fossil of what they called proconsul score. It was an extinct ape, which is now believed to might have been an ancestor to the human. She also discovered robust, what they call Zenzantropus, skull in the Odiva Gorge in Tanzania. This was in East Africa. Several archaeological and anthropological skulls, fossils, excuse me, of the ancestors were found there. Humans were found there. They excavated and found tools and different artifacts showing that man was capable of making tools and were not apes as far as you go millions of years ago. Now, but as as you go further into it, later on there was a, a, a discovery that was found. And, and this is a very, very important discovery that was found. Now, this is in Africa. The... Uh, if we try, and then if this is like tra tracing our DNA in uh, uh, our DNA heritage back to mitochondrial DNA within the cells of humans, have theoretically co a common ancestor, and that theoretical common ancestor is known as mitochondria Eve. Eve lived between 100,000 to 200,000 years ago in South Africa. She was not the first human, but every female lineage eventually had, evidently didn't find any offspring. Metrochondrical DNA as its result, all humans today can trace their mitochondrial DNA back to this lady, Mitochondrial Eve, within her DNA. Now listen, within her DNA and that of her peers exists all genetic variation. We see contemporary humans, mean today humans, uh, since Eve time, and different populations of humans 
have drifted apart genetically, forming distinct ethnic groups we have today. All of them carries this mitochondrial DNA from one African lady, and they call her Eve. Now, even in, in later on, in about 315 years before the birth of Christ in southern Africa, they found the closest relative yet to the human common female ancestry, mitochondrial Eve. Now, in South Africa, they found a man who was a fisherman on the coast of Southern Africa who was the genetic match for Eve. In other words, she was he was one of her great ancestors, and that was found in St. Helen Bay in South Africa by an archaeologist named Andrew Smith of the University of Cape Town. And what I'm trying to say, this is why we say the cradle of humanity, to have these DNA uh, sequences, sequence, sequences, excuse me, sequence, you'll find out that everyone DNA, and even if we get our DNA tested, it's going to be some DNA from around Africa. And when Caucasians get there, they're going to be have others, and that other go way back to Africa. And that, that was dealing with Professor Johansson, Professor Guy, uh, Professor Mary Leakey, and Professor Lewis Leakey. Now, these are all white or Caucasian, highly respected anthropologists, paleontologists, and others, archaeologists, and others. They, they have written these things that what they found came from Africa. And let me tell you something. Nothing light-skinned came from Africa. Now, it's important that we, we deal with this, too. Now, we went with out of Africa because that was a place, time when people are dispersing, when people left out of Africa. And people wanted to know why some people's skin was lighter, why they're white, and why they're black people in the world or brown people in the world. Why they're yellow and brown and 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 so if everybody came from Africa, why are they yellow? Why are they brown? Well, one of the top geneticists and botanists, his name is Gregor Mendel. And Gregor Mendel did a study on flowers first, then he did a study on animals and he found out about the animals and the different flowers. He found out that dark color was a dominant and the light colors are recessive. And, and what he did was he came up with that when they found out that when blacks left out of Africa, when Africans left out of Africa, when they went up in colder climates, they went through a genetic change, meaning a mutation. Their skin got lighter. It wasn't hot anymore. Their hair changed. They went through what you call a mutation. And uh, if, if you find something that's a mutation or a mute, it's something that's not pure. Now, Mendel had, law has three main laws. It's the law of inheritance. The next is the law of dominance of segregation. And the next is the law of independence associate, associate, assortment. Now, now, I want you to listen at this, if you will. 
the law of inheritance means that we pass down genes from one generation to another. When these genes are passed down, we inherited our DNA. We inherit girls with the X chromosome. We get them from our the girl females get X chromosome for the mother. Now a male carried two different chromosomes, an X and a Y. Two X's make a female, an X and a Y make a male. Now, what the deal on this is, is that the girls carry that from the mother of matriarchal, and the patriarchal is the father. Now, with the, that's your paternal lead. Now, Mendel's law of dominance of segregation means that when these uh, people left and went up in Europe, they didn't come back down into Africa or anywhere else and 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 came in cohabitat with others. In other words, they stayed there and they breeded among themselves. And then, so when they breeded among themselves, they start a whole different looking people came about. Because there were no more breeding in with the dominant, which is black and brown as dominant gene. They went back to the light, or we call white, which is recessive gene. And so segregation, it was back, uh, those who are African-American remember segregation was the time when whites and blacks didn't mix up. Now we have a lot of kids that came out there, biracial kids, but they're known as being African-American because the dominant is always going to outweigh the recessive. I don't care if a black male and a white female cohabited together and have a child, that child is going to be black. I don't care if a white male go have a, a child with a black female, the child is going to be a black because the dominant always is more dominant than a recessive gene. Now, a recessive gene. Now, this is not a black, this is not blacks that did this study. This is Gregor Mendel. He's with the CHOP geneticist. So if, if people want to go back and refute this, look up Mendel's law. And this is talking about a mutation in skin color, and you could deal it with flowers or whatever you want to. Two genes from, you get two genes from each parent. The law of dominant part that appear for contrasting characters uh, closely, only one form of the trait will be appear the dominant, and that's why I was telling you no matter if you take a, 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 a black man and a white female, that dominant trait is going to always show. I don't care if you take the black female and go with a white male, the dominant trait will always show, and and that's that's it. When you get an opportunity, go on to look under Gregor Mendel, Gregor, Gregor Mendel, and those who are the studious you could look under Professor, just you could go back and look up under Lewis, you, Lewis Leakey and Mary Leakey. You could look under Johansson or Donald Johansson or Tom Gray. Uh, Tom Gray would be Lucy. And you can look up later on and you'll find out about mitochondrial Eve and that we all carry her 
DNA, specifically African-American females. Now, because the females inherited a lot of things from their uh, the female from the mother. Now, it's important to understand, too, that even blue eyes are come from a recessive gene. Now, this geneticist, Gregoire Mendel, uh, wrote about this. And, and I, I'm just going to put this out to you, and I don't care. It's not that I'm not trying. I'm not, I don't want to be prejudiced or hurt anyone's feelings. But if you ever go to the Kentucky Derby and you watch thoroughbred, purebreded horses race, you never find a white horse in the race. They're going to be brown and they're going to be black because they are not mutants or they're not genetically recessive from a recessive gene. That's why when they breed, they breed for purebred uh, horses. Now, even in, even now, we don't look at our Bible the way we should. Even in Leviticus in that 13th chapter, you'll find out that yellow hair, or which we call it today blonde hair, in the Bible was shorn. Thin hair with light curls, what we know today as Caucasian hair, was shorn. If your hair wasn't of curly like I like African American, you were shunned. That was shunned in the Bible, and you could look in Leviticus. I call it Leviticus laws around that thirteenth chapter of Leviticus. Now, going further, since we've left out of the Spurgeon, uh, out of Africa, since we've left out of Africa, and now we're coming further into. Uh, the study I started off was talking about God creating the heavens and the earth and the Bible does not say what date God created the earth. So many people today uh, are trying to say the Bible is not true because the Bible say the earth is 6,000 years. But again, I want to reiterate that the Bible never says that a date that the world was created by God. It simply says in the beginning that God created the heavens and earth. Now, I want you to understand that that's what it says. He created the heavens and earth, and the earth was void and without form, and darkness filled the face of the deep. And what what it's saying is that nothing was here when God created this world. But as God created this world, He said, let that be light, and that was light. But when he got to that sixth day, and uh, number six in, in biblical numerology is man. Number one is the number of God. Number two is the number of division. Number three is the number of the Holy Trinity. Number four is the number of the world. That means north, south, east, and west. And number five is grace. Number five is grace. Number seven is new beginning. Number eight, okay, number seven is completion. Number eight is new beginning. And number nine is fruit of the spirit. Number 10 is law and testament. Excuse me. Now, going back to it, so on the sixth day, God created man. 
But they didn't say God found something white and created man. He's saying God formed man from the dust of dirt. I mean, he went in the dirt and he shaped a man out of dirt. I've never seen white dirt. Either going to be red clay dirt, it's going to be black dirt or brown dirt. But he said that God created man from the dust of dirt and breathed into his nostrils and man became a living soul. Now, then it talks about where the, where the Garden of Eden was located. And uh, the way the Europeans have it, it was in Asia Minor, around Iraq. And I, 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 won't, I won't totally disagree with that. But as I began the research during my dissertation for my master uh, theology, I wrote about the uh, black African presence in the Bible. And, 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 and what I found out during that time was that the land masses were together. The flood or the great deluge of, of Noah time had not taken place. But they said that a river went forth, and it went into four riverheads, Gion, Pishon, Hedekia, and the, the Hedekia, Hedekia, which is the Tigris today, and then they're talking about the Euphrates. Well, the Gion and Pishon, both of them encircled Havila and Somalia, and we know that is in Africa. Uh, one of them is Ethiopia. That's Havila. And, and, and so, you know, Ethiopia is in on the African continent, and they say that the Pashon of God, they're the Nile. And we know that the Nile is, you have the Blue Nile and the White Nile, and you also have the Abanta River, which do flow east. And now they say the Tiger, Tigris River flows to the east. But today, the Euphrates and the Tigris flow side by side, and they flow straight up. Uh, they flow northwards. So, therefore, the Hidika River cannot be the Tigris River. I submit to you today, I did some study, and I found out that the land masses were together where uh, the Mediterranean Sea, the land mass was together where the Red Sea and the Gulf of Suzan is today. The landmass was connected together, but after the flood of Noah, it was parted. Now, going further into your Bible and sequencing your Bible, we say, well, and I've always said this, people are always talking about the Bible is the white man book. But if everything happened around in Africa, and even the Greeks called Ethiopia, the land of the gods, where there's gold, bandomium, and, 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 you know, all kind of semi-precious stone were found in Ethiopia. They say that's where Atlas Hill of the World at was from. And that's how what they thought of Africa, Ethiopia, that's what the Greeks thought of it. That's where the gods live. Now, 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 looking at this, and as we begin to really study the Bible, it started talking about Noah, in which Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And they had wives, so that's six, and, 
And so Noah and his wife, and they were on the ark, and after the ark rich land, and it came down that later on, that after in, in Genesis, the 10th chapter, they give the genealogy of Noah's sons. They start off with Japheth, uh, which is supposed to be the father of the Caucasian race. But I find something very, very strange about this. They say now, Jephet is the father of the Caucasian race. And if you look at the 10th chapter of the book of Genesis, it's going to tell you Jephet's sons, and they talk about Goma and all that, but it gets to a name they call Eskenaz. That was his grandson. That was Jephet's grandson. And But before I even say that, I want to let you know that before that time, Nimrod, which was the only person that God had called mighty within that time, he was the son of Ham, and he was black. Ham is the father of the black, of, of black, and Shem is the father of the brown. Now, Ham was Nimrod's grandfather. Nimrod was the one over them when they were building the Tower of Babel, and they were trying to reach God, and he confound their languages. And they all went different directions. Some went settled in Africa, some settled in the Middle East, and then and then Ham settled in the Holy Land and in Africa. Put Libya, Cush, Ethiopia, Mezzarum, and that's Egypt. And Canaan, his son Canaan was the one that was his grandson Canaan settled in what they call Jerusalem today, the land of Canaan. Now. Now, I want you to understand this. This is said. Now, we know that these were people of color. But Nimrod is is there. So they split up. So Nimrod, they call that area where Abraham come from, the land of Nimrod. Where Jeffrey goes up into to, to, to Europe. <clears throat> And he had a son called Ashkenaz. Now, there are people that, that's in the Holy Land today say they Ashkenaz Jews. And, and really, it's close to 8 million of them. Okay? Now, now, now you can't be an Ashkenaz and be a Jew or Israelite because you have to come off the lineage of Shem. They came off of Japheth. All of this is in our Bible. To be a Semite, to be a, ch- a child of uh, the child of Israel, or uh, Hebrew, and the next group of people that 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 that's possessing the land, the Holy Land that they uh, serve them. They're from Spain. There's five hundred thousand of them over there today in that country. They're from Spain. They are not real Israelites. And then the next are Khazars. And the caves all come from north of Turkey around the GNC. Now, the book of Revelation say that there are people in the land who say that they are Jews and are not. They are not the original Israelites or Hebrews. These are people that America, well, you could do the homework. You look up the name Sephardim, S-E-P-H-A-R-D-I-M. Look up that and find out. They're going to tell you they're Portuguese and Spaniards. And then if you look up the name 
Eskenaz, A-S-K-E-N-A-Z-A, Eskenaz. They'll tell you they're from around Russia, Caucasia, and Lithuania. If you look up Khazar, K-H-A-Z-A-R-S, they'll tell you Turkish or north of Turkey. Well, you you heard about the Bible talks about Cyrus allowed the, the children of Israel to come back and rebuild the temple. They come from that area. Cyrus and them were not Israelites or Hebrew. Amen. Now, 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 all of this is in our Bible, but we haven't been letting everyone interpret it instead of really studying it, as the Apostle Paul says, the study to show ourselves approved unto God that a workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All of these things are right there for us today, what I was talking about. So what I, the reason I was saying that, because you will find out that within that time that we've been told all this time who are the true Israelites, and all the time you've been kept from you, you are that man. I like to say you are that man. And we've been lied to by so many people. We uh, have our own people who follow the Catholics uh, denomination. And they don't understand who sold, who was the one to okay slavery under the Christian banner. It was Pope Nicholas VI that signed that treaty to make that blacks could be slaves and that we were not human. So now I want I want you to feast on that. That that's where that comes from. That has nothing to do with us not being there. But they know who you are. They know you you are the people that God has called. They know you are the call of God. But do you know who you are? We've been brought here, name changed, beaten, and now we've been assimilating what they do, what others have what others do. All you have to do is start planning out who are the Kush Kushites, who are the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Kushites, Kushan. We need to find out who are those people. We need to find out things about the different people, these Gergesites. We need to find out about them, the Hittites, him, the Jebusites, Kushites. We need to find out about these people. We need to find out who are these people in the Bible because when you find out, you're going to find out that they are black. They are black. If I had longer time and, 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 and one time when I get an opportunity to spend a lot of time just on the study of the Garden of Eden, I'm going to show you some things. Even if before we even been, I'm not going to jump up to Moses' time because I could teach you that even in America, thousands of years before Columbus, even before maybe even before some of the uh, Native American ever set foot in America, they had blacks here was there already. You look up 900 years before Christ, Omic people called Omic, O L M E C, 
and they they left statues and they left different big colossal heads here. They had civilization. Matter of fact, they had hundreds. Uh, they had left about a hundred and what it was a hundred and seventeen, and about thirty four of them were, were super large boulders, from nine feet to four fourteen feet tall, colossal statues. If you're saying folks. 14 feet, you're talking about over two stories tall, two stories plus four foot. And that that's the thing that we're looking at. We we need to understand and do research, find out who we are so we could teach it to our children. Our children are now attending school. And the only history that we're learning is a false history. The only history that we're learning is history, H-I-S dash T-O-R-Y. And what I mean by that, we're learning the story of Caucasians, a European, and then it's, uh, it's, it's untrue. It's not a true story. Because if one country, if one group of people would leave here and go to another country and kill off just about all the people, we would call it a genocide and take their land, rape them, take their land, and move them out. We'll say they were savages, and that's how America came to be. But they're not called savages. They're discoverers. They're pioneers. Truth be told. But they're not going to talk about who all invented and founded the different paths, and who who really found the North Pole, who found Chicago, who found that the the shortcut of the past. That, that they found to get to the West Coast. What scouting was that took them through there? Why would you kill off and uh, who would give a disease to people and disease people and take their country? I, I'm not going to hop on that because I have so much more to cover. But it's just the fact that I'm trying to stimulate you to really study and to have an open mind when you study, understand that 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 you you had existence before you ever came to America. Then you know we, they were making metallurgy and things before they were even doing it over in Europe, in Africa. They were building pyramids, and they were matter of fact they have as many more pyramids in the Sudan than the Sudan than they have in Egypt. But a whole lot of the Nubians and other others uh, Egyptian were black. Uh, again, I, I've seen it for myself. I've been uh, when I went to Washington D.C. I went to the what's called museum, and I, I had an opportunity as a kid to go into the museum and see the Egyptian. Okay, and I, when I went to, I, I viewed this exhibition for. The Egyptian and I was just confounded that the people picture in the pyramid were color brown like me. Some of them were even darker, and I'm going like, well, that's not what I see on television. But I, again, I want to say, he who write the narrative, write what color the people are. He who write the narrative, say what color. And what I'm saying is, he who write the stories. He who write the books and who write movies, 
they tend to make people be the color that they would like them to be. We've been left out because we don't write the movies. And when the books, all the books are there to make us feel less than who we really are. That's what books do. Books, the schooling that black kids go to today, and I will tell this to any school, Board of Education, and any school, public school in America, your design is to make African-American kids, kids from uh, Spanish kids, uh, Mexican or Spanish or Latino, whatever you want to call it, Native American kids feel inferior because there's nothing about them. They show a, a guy with whips in his back with his hair stuck to that cotton in his head and tell you that's what it looked like about being black. Negative. An Indian half-dressed like you're a savage, but you didn't have to wear all that during that time. The Mexican, Spaniards, a lot of conquistadors breeded with some of the people, and Latino comes about with some of the Indians and others came together, uh, and they raped them, took the little gold from them and things like that. But it's a lot of things that we have to find out, and I, I really want us to find out about uh, ourselves. I, I just really, in studying, I wanted to know why all the TV and movie biblical characters always white. While all pictures of the Bible characters, such as angels, disciples, prophet, king, why all of them are white? Do blacks have anything to do with the Bible? And I, I'm one of the ones that went around for years thinking that the Bible was the black man's, it was the white man's book. Until I did this research, and I found out that whites left out the Bible in Genesis, the 11th chapter, not to return, but about 400 years uh, little, about 400 years before Christ, when Alexander the Great came in, that's when it came back into the Bible. But you're looking at thousands of years, no whites in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible, nothing written about them, period. They're up in Europe. They're up in the cold weather up in Europe. During the time, they had not made uh, the Suez Canal because the Suez Canal was built in 1900, about what you say, 120 years ago. That's when the Suez Canal was built. During that before then, it was all that was called, even the Holy Land was called North Africa. The people from there were black and brown-skinned people. No one from there was Caucasian. But now if you see the Holy Land, you see the Ashkenaz, who I told you, Ashkenaz, who I told you came from around Lithuania, Khazar, and Russia. I told you about about the Serfidans, who came from around Spain and Portuguese. I told you the Khazars who came from north of Turkey. They're white. Even the Arab people have a tan there today and brown and tan, and some of them are black, uh, 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 African color. And don't you know if you have any relatives that went over to 
fight in Afghanistan, went over to fight in right around uh, Kuwait and um, over in that area through the wall of Iraq, they gave the people names and even those who were stationed in Saudi Arabia and others, the Caucasian soldiers called the people over there sad N-word. I'm not going to say it, but they call them the sad N-word because they're dark-skinned. Well, how is all these pale people popping up over in an area where everybody else is dark but them? Something is wrong, and what's wrong is not being printed in history. The inventions are not being told what you invented. Let let me go on a little bit further and, and deal with this Bible for you. Now, I told you that they left out the Bible in Genesis, the 11th chapter. And I'm going to show you some things that I want you to pay close attention to. Before uh, God made a covenant, now, before that time, they said that Abraham left and came in that 12th chapter of Genesis and he left and came from Ur the Chaldeans around Mesopotamia. Well, I looked at the world model nation, and the people up there were Syrians and uh, Sumerians, excuse me, Sumerians. And I looked up about the Sumerians, and I thought about that before that Syrians were there, ASS Assyrians were there. Um, I looked it up, and I was trying to find out who was the Sumerian people. Now, this over 5,000 years ago, and I looked it up, and then I even Googled what color was the Sumerian people because I know Abraham came from the Lord of the Chaldees, Mesopotamia, all that's right there together. And you would be confounded when they said that they were chocolate. Now, I've never seen a light-colored, I mean, it do they have white chocolate now, but they say chocolate didn't mean dark skin. I mean, I, I'm I am lighter than chocolate. I mean, <laughs> but they say chocolate, and they had stoop noses. That means thick noses. That's not what you see over there today. That's not Abraham, and and, and I found it strange too. I, I found this strange that every time something came about that the children of Israel, during that time, the children of Israel ran to Egypt. Whenever famine was, oh, you remember Abraham went there when the famine hit. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't stay in his land. That's, and he went, went up there and had to lie about his wife was his sister, in which she was really his sister, but it was a lie because uh, half true is a lie. But but nevertheless, he went there, and Abraham, after Abraham went there, Jacob also even had to go there with his children. Joseph went there. Mary and, and Moses were, was there. But what's ironic about it, they look like the people in Egypt. You ever paid attention to the fact that Joseph's brothers thought that 
He was an Egyptian. As a matter of fact, that later on, that when Moses uh, went to the land of Midian, meaning around the Cushites, the, the Ethiopian people, they thought he was an Egyptian. They say, Father, we found the Egyptian. These people were the same color. They were dark-skinned people. The Bible tells you, but now, it, it, you know, what I find, and you have to understand, too, that even you may not believe this, and, and but this is true. King James, and I gave you uh, Pope Nicholas VI, uh, under the office of King James, interpreting and translating the Bible, they made it okay. They made it okay for slavery. So being that they made it okay for slavery, you know, their translation and transliteration were meant to enslave us. A lot of things that that that's there about the master and things and if but if you go to Leviticus you'll find out that even in Leviticus where I wrote different things down about Leviticus was the fact that it would tell you that if you if if a person had if a, a child a child the children of Israel if they had slaves they were to treat the slaves as if they were part of their family. They were to it's in in the book of Leviticus they were to treat them like they were a part of their family. Now, I mean, I don't think that that anything Christian was treated, the slavery in America was anything like treating you as part of your family. You ate chitlins, you ate everything what they didn't want. Everything that there was guts and everything, anything you could find, rodent, possum, whatever you could find, that's what you ate. They did not treat you the way that the Bible say, but yet they're Bible-fearing people. King James was into the slave trade. So some of the things I don't carry much weight to certain, certain some of his translations. It'll be good to get uh, what they call uh, Septuagint and kind of look over at yourself. That's where the Egyptians translated the Bible from Hebrew to Greek so that the children of Israel themselves could understand the Bible because the children of Israel, now listen at this, the children of Israel had been conquered by the Greeks. And it was much like us today, much, many African-Americans, I, I could say 99.9% African-American cannot speak uh, in the African uh, dialect at all. We lost our name, our language. We lost everything. And that's what happened to the children of Israel by being conquered by Alexander the Great and then even going into Roman bondage. They lost their language. So for them to understand their own Bible, they had to translate it from Hebrew to Greek. Now it's important that that we that we learn to go into it for ourselves. So I know that so many of us, many of us was raised with the King James Bible. There's nothing wrong with that, but understand who King James is and his nature. That's what they call the original African Heritage Bible, and they have some different articles that they have written about 
his translation and transliteration of what he thought. No, no man is better than the other one. Even the Bible says God is no respectable person. Now, going and going even further into this after saying these things, I, I was telling you about the sumer where Abraham came from, and I was telling you even I was telling you about all these others who came about, and as they they went, they ran into Africa. Joseph came and they were sold to the Midianites by his brothers. His Midianites sold them sold him, and the Midianites were no more than uh, Ethiopian. They sold them to the Egyptians. So in the Egyptians, he ended up marrying Potiphar, and, and then he went to prison, but he, he was so blessed by God when he got out by interpreting a dream, he married Potiphar's, the governor's daughter, Asinta, and she had children for him. Two, Ephraim and Manasseh. Ephraim was the was the, was the grandfather of Joshua. Moses had children by his Ethiopian wife, which Moses was black, but he had children by his Ethiopian wife Zipporah. Look it up. <laughs> That's where his children was by. All these people, it's all in the Bible. But when we watch uh, around Easter, around. Christmas time, they show only white people in that area, and they were not in that area at that time. It, 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 it gets to me because it's simply picking up the books and taking your time to go over it. I've always been a person that um, I was inquisitive and analytical. I want to know what am I reading? What about this God that I'm serving? What about the Bible that I'm reading? Why there is no presence of Africans here? Because of racist and racism. We're mainly racist. Now, I, 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 we need to find this out. Okay. Now, this, is, this comes as, as part of my um, uh, dissertation. It said, now, let us answer the question. If Hebrews were people of color, why did the Bible not state this fact? Why did King James in his translation omit the fact that the Ethiopian and the Egyptian were black? It is the nature of the Bible translators to make the word of God clear to the intended reader. That's true. Translators read the Bible, the Original in the original language in which the Bible was written, Hebrew in which the Old Testament and Greek for the New Testament, to translate these languages into languages of their own kind. Process translation allows the translator's opinion, in other words, his interpretation. In other words, he write the story the way he wanted it to be written. He interpreted. Because you could take a scripture and make it say whatever you want it to say. But true interpretation, you have to know something, the people culture, and know some of the, the terminology in the Greek and in the Hebrew. This process of translation allows the translator's opinion and interpretation to ease into the translation, whether for the good or for the bad. King James of England in the 17th century 
was familiar with Africa, but with Africa, but he refused to clarify the term. The term Ethiopia did not people did not imagine a black person to the English reading a white mind, but it image was a white person with tannish or blackish color due to their hair texture or skin color, origin or heritage, or geographical location of the modern Ethiopian people. Why? Simply because King James translator refused to identify Africans who they held as slaves, with the African written, what it was the Africans written about in the Bible. Now let us continue to research the color where the original from. Uh, the original Hebrews or Jews, there is a tribe in Ethiopia called Phalacia, and some say Beta Israel. Webster Dictionary defined Phalacia as a member of a historical Cushitic speaking people of Central Ethiopian practiced a form of Judaism. We find, again, even Webster Dictionary tends to hide. The Webster Dictionary don't want to say that they are that they are, are the children of Israel. Find it, hide it again. Webster Dictionary hides the fact that Ethiopians are black. Furthermore, they refuse to recognize the Ethiopian places as the tribe of Jews. We realize that Abraham came from the Ethiopian settlement in Ur. Science and history verify these facts. The Bible and the history tells us that Jews, Ethiopians, and Ethiopians married one another. When will this society realize that blacks are not ignorant people now that we have seen somewhat introduce some of this introduced to us the term fallacia my intent is to give facts on this subject i will present quotes from several different newspaper articles to support it new york times dated thursday february the 4th 1971 by edward b fisco ambora ethiopia January 14, 5,000 acres of wilderness and the malaria-infested lowland of northwest Ethiopia are becoming something of a 20th century uh, promised land. For 25,000 black Felicia Jews, the Felicia whose primitive form of Judaism survived more than 2,000, they admit me now, more than 2,000 years in isolation from other Jews live here in Abhor and other nearby Ambor, 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 excuse me, Ambor and other nearby villages where they earn meager living as sharecroppers, potters, and metal workers. London Jewish Chronicle, Rabbi Yoshua officially recognized, now listen to this, Rabbi Yoshua, and this is, this is April 1963, the London Jewish Chronicle, Rabbi Yoshua recognized Felicia as Jew. Rabbi Obadiah Yoshua, the Sarah Sheridai, chief rabbi of Israel, has given rabbinical ruling that the Felicia of Ethiopia are Jews and has accepted their claim that they are the descendants of the tribe of Dan. 
Rabbi Yoshua also accepted the precedence, the precedence of the public council on behalf of the Flacia, of whom there are some 26,000 Ethiopians calling themselves Beta Israel. In a letter dated February 9, 1973, Rabbi Yoshua wrote, Ovada Haza, who spoke on behalf of some of the Jews of Ethiopia in Israel, informing him of his ruling. After quoting a number of prominent religious leaders who had earlier ruled that the Felicia were Jews, including the late Rabbi Abraham Cook, uh, Eskenaz, chief rabbi of Palestine, and the late Rabbi Eskelzok Herzog, Eskenai, Chief Rabbi of Israel, Rabbi Yosef, continues. I have therefore come to the conclusion that the Felicia are descendants of the tribe of Israel who went southwards into Ethiopia. And there is no doubt that the above sage who established that they, the Felicia, are the tribe of Dan. Investigation inquired and reached their conclusion on the basis of the most reliable witness and evidence. It is my highest wish that my theory has been proved, the fact and the evidence I present. I hope the reader of this or who hear this in my thesis of this reading and the Bible study, the history, and continue to seek the truth. God said in the book, by my people, that my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Let us, as black African Americans and Africans, uh, uh, for no matter what part of the world you in, let us let us never stop, never stop seeking the truth, no matter how hard. Throughout our life, we should always seek the truth and allow God to be with us as we seek the truth and ask for wisdom, knowledge, and insight to whatever we study. Okay, we're going to stop right there tonight. I hope that the things that we covered is a blessing, and those are things that you can look up. Look up Felicia, Beta, Israel. I was talking about that, the Sumerans, and you could look up and find out who Moses married, who Joseph married, and who others married throughout the Bible, even uh, Judah, who he married, and and who had children for him, and what would Jesus' genealogy come from? And you're going to find out that there was no whites that were in that area at that time. So I implore you, each and every one of us, diligently seek to find out who you are. Who's your? I know I'm, I'm learning every day who I am. I still have a lot of research to do. And I pray you research along with me as I go along. Yes, I've studied and I have different degrees and in, 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 in different things that I, I've, uh, in different areas that I studied. But you can never learn enough. And once you begin to be comfortable knowing who you are, you can look at life with a smile because you don't have an inferiority complex, because you may have came being uh, a slave. You may have came from a raw ancestry. And uh, so many of the slaves uh, came from uh, around Nigeria and 
as the people call Igbo, or Igbo, they were uh, brought to Virginia and the Carolinas, but they stopped bringing them into America because they're warriors. They, they'll kill themselves or they'll try to kill the people on the plantation, the rulers of the plantation or the Caucasian. And so they had a thing. They didn't want them to come bring them no more to uh, America. But so they start bringing some to um, to Haiti. And you know what happened to Haiti. Haiti ended up being an independent nation because uh, Tucson Le Overture beat Napoleon Bonaparte with a ragtag army, the army because the people, those slaves, stood up and fought for their independence. It just, just study it. We are great people. And they say that the Igbo people are supposed to be uh, on the tribe of Judah. They're not white. Never in the Bible was the tribe of Judah white, or Judah white. But if you listen at it today, and that's what the lineage where Jesus came off of, the tribe of the lineage of Judah. And I'm going to say this, and as when coming to my close, if you look at a map of 1747, and you actually you Google a map, an African map, a map of after 1747, you're going to see KM, KM, J-U-D-A. And that's Kingdom of Judah. And that's where so many of the slaves came from. Around Ghana, Benai, and uh, Nigeria, Benai, and uh, what that is, um, Yoruba, Yoruba, and other places in that area. So many slaves came from there. And a whole lot of them were Igbo people and other things, and they had what they call Negro land. I'm going to explain to you about that term Negro land, too, because it doesn't carry a bad connotation when I show it to you. I'm going to show you something that's going to really, really bless you. Amen. Uh, Pastor um, Pastor Williams, Pastor Hyperon, I, I just thank you for giving me an opportunity to share. God bless each and every one of you. Be safe and, and remember your social distancing. And and, and, and do, do, don't rush to get back out. If you can stay in, stay in. Amen. This is what we're dealing with is serious. I admonish you. Please, sir. Please, ma'am. Stay in for a while. Let it pass over. The scientists, geneticists, they're going to figure it out. The CDC, they're going to figure it out, and then we'll be able to do what we want to do. But that self, that's being just self-mandated that we stay in. We do it for our own health, not for the president, the mayor, the governor, but for our own life. Amen. And for our children. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight, Dr. Kemper. We appreciate everything that you're doing with History Talk every Tuesday night here, sir. God bless you for breaking chains in people's lives, informing them of who they are and whose they are. Uh, We look forward to every Tuesday night in our uh, learning. Uh, If there are any questions, any statements, comments for Dr. Kemp 
on tonight. The line is now open. Uh, if there are any statements, questions, or comments, the line is now open. Uh, uh, feel free to ask and comment now, please. Okay. Well, thank you for turning us on and listening tonight. Uh, Dr. Kim, there are no comments, questions, or answers, for, uh, statements for you tonight, sir, uh, so you can close out your show. Okay. Thanks again. God bless each and every one of us. Listen, we always close our show off out with a prayer and pray God blesses upon this country. Let us bow our heads in this. Heavenly Father, we come, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we come, Lord, asking, Lord, that you would look upon us, Lord, and, Lord, that you would forgive us if we'll sin by omission or commission. Father, we ask that you would bless us and strengthen us, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that as what we hear, we don't take this in to be big-headed or think that we're more than one another another person because that's the nature would have been taken on us. But, Lord, we just take this as a learning experience, Lord, that we could feel proud of who we are and whose we are. Lord, we ask that you would bless this, this United States of America. And, Lord, we pray that you would heal our land. We pray for our, our, our governing officials that they, they would turn their lives around and try to do the right thing with the country and not about money, not about the economy, hmm. but about the life. I think that a life is worth more than trillions of dollars, one life. Mm. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give us that understanding, Lord, and give the scientists, Lord, and the epidemiologists and and those who are making medicines and pharmacists and scientists, uh, let them come up with a cure and and a, a vaccine that we could vaccinate our people or something we could treat them in the hospital. I've been losing so many of my friends and relatives, Lord, to this virus, COVID-19. And, Lord, I just pray for this country. I pray for the world, Lord, that they're going through something because it's a pandemic. Bless us on each side, Lord. Give the church the strength to continue to preach your word and, and let every man, woman, boy, and girl know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That I believe with all my heart that that the world is not living right. This society that we're living in is not living by the word of God. And God is not proud of us. And right now he's only punishing us for a while for our sins that we have committed. Oh, Lord, we ask a blessing upon this country. We ask that you bless our children, grandchildren, mother, father, sisters, and brothers. Bless the world. Bless every church opening and preaching and teaching your word. Bless, I, I don't care, Lord, what a person believe in, Lord. I don't care if you're Mohammed, Buddha, I don't transcendental meditation, whatever you think, Lord, open our hearts that we learn to love one another yes. and learn how to treat one another and let them know that God has never been a respecter of a person, no big eyes, no little U's, but God is a God of love. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We ask a blessing on this program. We ask a blessing on all the breaking chain program. Please, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would prosper Reverend Williams as he go forward and and make sure that he's making sure that your word go forward. He's instructing, he's trying to edify and build people up, not to tear anyone down. So, Lord, bless him and prop him up on every side. 
Oh, we thank you. We love you. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus and for his sake, amen. amen. Bless you, Pastor. God bless you, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you, everyone. Be safe out there. God bless you all. Don't forget to join us tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, the Men of Valor, P31 Ladies Night. We'll see you back here tomorrow night as we break chains. Have yourself a blessed night, and we love you. Have a good one. God bless you, Dr. Kim. Be blessed, Pastor. Bless you. You've been listening to History Talk on Breaking Chains with Dr. LaVert Kemp. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week to learn more of who you are. Breaking Chains History Talk with Dr. LaVert Kemp. Leaving a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence. Thanks for turning us on this evening. Just know we are here to assist you in recovering your light from back from the darkness. Speak the truth with Young Adults Talk Live, a ministry for the people of God. So let's join together and recover what's ours. God bless you from the Young Adults Talk family.